I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this series was recorded, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi, my name's Kath and this is a series of conversations with people I'm inspired by and I hope you can find some inspiration from too. This series is powered by Modi Body, period undies and leak-proof apparel. Hi, I'm Chantelle Otten and I am a sexologist, which basically means I'm a sex expert and I'm here to answer anyone's questions about sex. Hi Chantal. Hi babe, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to my couch. I decided to match you today in case you couldn't um, tell. You're not really a beige person, like personality wise, but really? I'm, I'm loving okay, the look beige, yeah. I feel like this is yellow. Maybe I'm colorblind, but I think it's... It's I giving it's yellow beige. to me. <laughs> it's giving pastel yellow, but we'll go with beige beige. Thank you, that more bougie. Um, I love it. So, I want to know, and I will be judging, um, if you could pick your last meal on earth. What would it be? Easy. You get a main, a side if you want it, a drink, yeah. and chuck in a dessert as well. Oh my god, you're not going to judge. I feel like you're going to enjoy the, the same meal as well. Okay. So it's a magi, a sour magi. <laughs> it's, um, okay, I'm getting an entree as well. Probably yeah. olives for my entree. Okay. We're going pepperoni pizza for main, uh, and then dessert. Maybe tiramisu? Tiramisu. Yeah. Or, or yochi. Yeah. Okay, great. 100%. We love. You have Very different palettes as well, though, like tiramisu or frozen yogurt. Well, I was going Italian vibes. Italian, like olives, pizza, tiramisu. That's a good little... But the Maggie's the Mexican twist. <laughs> <laughs> well, shifting gear slightly. Yeah. Um, I would like to know, when can you maybe recall a time where you felt seen? Probably in my therapy session last week. <laughs> true, no, I, true. I often, um, where did I feel seen? I, I have um, a really tight knit group of friends and they are all very intuitive. They love a deep convo. And I think it was probably two weekends ago I stayed with one of them for the night and we just ended up talking like all night long uh Jackie and she's very wise so she made me feel very seen she calls me out on my bullshit mm. as well so I feel like that's super important in a friend yeah. to check you when you're being a moron so <laughs> she did we all be, all be that sometimes yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah and you know she's lived a really full life both of us have have lived pretty full lives up until now and I felt like she could really yeah understand me and just what was whirring inside my head at that time mm. so I thanks Jackie <laughs> yeah. how would you define love and mm. can you um recall a time or Tell me about a time you felt loved. Oh, love's a really interesting one because I've had many great loves in my life. Yeah, I mean, they didn't work out all of them because I'm in a relationship now, but they taught me a lot. And I think love is really about lessons, mm. whether they be positive or whether they be negative. It's really about the journey for me. If I think about it, every 
love relationship that I've had has led me to where I am now and I'm, I'm happy with it but I'm also again learning about love and learning how to love my partner now and how to ask for the kind of love that I need mm. so I think in the past I had relationships where maybe my needs were prioritized on some levels more than my partners but then uh, things that I actually really needed to have a deep long-term love weren't kind of prioritized you know and I, I really think now I I'm lucky that I'm in a relationship with someone who's you know at least trying to go definitely through those more challenging times Mm. to grow and Mm. learn. And that's what love is about for me, growing and learning. Uh, I don't really believe in like, we're gonna be in love forever. Yeah. Because I don't think it's, I don't think it's feasible. And I think it's unrealistic to put that kind of pressure on someone. Mm. I don't know what you think about that. I believe in a very like, I think my idea of love if we're just talking romantically, mm. obviously love comes in different forms. Mm. Um, I've definitely had this realisation and at peace with like, I think it's really beautiful. I think people do come into your life for like a season. Mm. And I, I like the idea of that, of like sharing a period of time mm. with someone. And then when that runs its course, mm. having learnt, like you said, what you have from that and grown and all the things mm. to then bring that into another companionship yeah I guess on that what are your thoughts on monogamy I think monogamy is challenging Mm. I think um I'm really understand why some people have monogamy and why it's there and I think you know I'm very open in my capacity to think about my romantic relationship and where it's going to go and what we can do to keep things really interesting i have a very busy life my partner has a very busy life so at the end of the day we're just grateful to have some time together Mm. at some points if we talk about non-monogamy non-monogamy comes in so many different forms and i think people automatically think if you're not monogamous you're in an open relationship or you're polyamorous but that's just not the case i think we've got to get we, we've got to identify our roles within a relationship and where we're going to get the type of attention that we want from our partner. And that needs to continuously be negotiated, just like your relationship, you know, and that's the same with your friendships. That's the same with, you know, your family relationships. Everything has to be redefined. Like even every like 12, every couple of months, I don't know, you really need to see where am I sitting amongst this flow of you know, people and different energies and different expectations. If we come back to, I guess, romantic or sexual relationships, why people choose monogamy, because it's a very safe space for them. Mm -hmm. uh, And because also we've been raised with movies, with, you know, narratives about monogamy. Mm -hmm. So moving beyond that can seem quite radical for a lot of people. Mm. Um, But yeah, in saying that, I think for my part, I've I've had like non-monogamous relationships in the past and now I'm in a monogamous one. Mm. Do I know where it's going to go? No, I mean, I'm very open-minded. I'm not pushing for anything. I'm not in a rush. Mm. Mm. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) What is one of the biggest challenges you feel as though you faced in your life and Mm. what did you do to overcome that challenge? Oh, I think my mental health has always been the journey. I am obviously in like... Uh, the healthcare field and I am a mental health expert as Mm. well and I think that 
we we've still got a long way to go when it comes to mental health and actually taking care of people and having a good solid support network around them mental health is really big in my family there's always been uh, issues with it and uh, not issues there's just always been it's always been prevalent difficulties and you know I've lost family members uh, with mental health uh, concerns and I think for us as a family it has brought us closer but so I have ADHD and I wasn't diagnosed until last year and I think for me if I look at my entire life my happiness levels have been like this Mm. and for me I'm on this learning curve because Every three years, I'd go through a down period mm. and I'd change my life. Mm. I'd move countries, I'd find a new partner, I'd just like get a whole new life yeah. and like totally. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying my best to change that a little bit now because you can't keep repeating the same patterns. As much as I want to fuck off to Europe. <laughs> It yep. doesn't work yeah. like that because I have responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I get you. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, most important things, you have to kind of have a cutoff point and go, okay, what am I going to do to fill my cup again now? Mm. For me, uh, it was getting a good psychiatrist, so good medication for ADHD, for depression, for fatigue, because that's my main one. I get very, very tired yeah. if yeah. I'm not feeling good. Um, and then doing things that make me feel like Chantelle again. And that's what we have to continue doing anyway in any friendship or relationship because you want to be around the person that, you know, charmed you in the first place, right? So I went back to Holland recently to Amsterdam because I used to live there um, from like 21, 22 to 26, 27 on and off. And when I went back, it really just filled my cup. You know, I got to see people that I hadn't seen for three and a half years and I got to feel alive again like Chantelle and I yeah I felt really creative again and inspired so whilst challenges come with like not feeling great all of the time um, and it's still like a process I know what I can do to make myself feel better Uh, and I also I I think like it's one of the main things that I encourage people who come to see me as patients. It's figure out what makes you, what like, what makes Kath, Kath, you know? Um, And what what are you neglecting right now that's going to help you fill your cup a little bit more? Because I think we can really isolate ourselves sometimes and I think that can be difficult. Yeah, especially when you have adult issues, it's like you want to isolate, but Probably shouldn't. No, probably shouldn't. You gotta answer those calls once in a while, right? Probably not. What is one of the proudest moments in your life? I have so many, and I think they're not even like they're not related to me so much. I think I have an intellectually disabled sister who's 11 months older than me, and I think one of the proudest moments was seeing her get married to her partner, who's also intellectually disabled. That was one of the proudest moments because I think growing up with her she is still my big sister she's absolutely a troll she's just like (laughs) 
I'm the big sister, so I'm the troll in my family. (laughs) She knows knows, like how to get what she wants as well. She's very, very clever. Yeah, seeing her find happiness, find love, find some sense of security for me was definitely one of my proudest moments. In terms of proud moments, I can't neglect the fact that I work with some really amazing people who are my patients, um, who have, you know, just gone through some really, really challenging, really traumatic things, and they trust me on that journey to be with them. And yeah, one of my patients, I've been working with them for like, since I first started, so like six years. And when I met them, they, they couldn't even look me in the eye. They couldn't speak. We started with writing. And now this person is teaching in their specific field, has their first partner, is having like romantic things going on and erotic things going yeah, on in their wow. life. So that for me, I just, I love to see people thrive. That's what makes me proud. Yeah. Mm. Who was your role model as a kid and is it the same as your role model now? Yes, it is. It is. is. Oh my God, wow. Yeah, so my role model is actually, I've got two. Yeah. One is my Oma, so my grandma. Mm -hmm. She's passed away, but apparently every day I just become more and more like her. Um, And she was very quirky. She had red hair, wore all red clothes, lots of costume jewelry, had like seven rotwheelers um queen (laughs) drove a red mercedes around town and like dyed her dog red red my favorite color was red yeah um yeah yeah and she was just like so quirky loved to flirt just like me Mm -hmm. loved having like good friendships good relationships like my oma was an immigrant my dad was an immigrant my mom like both my parents, their fathers passed away when they were quite young. So they took over their family businesses and they really, like, my parents didn't have anything when we were younger. Like my sister and I used to sleep in drawers on the floor and we used to get hand-me-down clothes from kids at school. So my parents just absolutely hustled for us to have this life where we could go to university, where we could also have periods of time where we weren't really working. They always encouraged us to work, but You know, they supported me through my studies when I lived um, overseas. And I feel like they just sacrificed so much for us to have really good lives. So role models from a quirky point of view, definitely like my Oma. And then from just a a caring, loving point of view, definitely my parents. When do you feel the most beautiful? I'm a nudie Rudy babe, like yeah. get me in the, yeah. Yeah, 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 having yeah, yeah. a hot bath, having no makeup on, walking around, feeling the sun on my skin, sleeping naked. Mm. That makes me feel really beautiful. I don't get dressed up very much. I've got makeup on from two days ago because someone else did it. <laughs> I'm like so low key in that area. Uh, and that makes me feel so beautiful. Well, on that note. It was so nice to have you. You're oh my amazing. God, thanks for having me. I've had the Thank best time. Thank you for coming time. to my therapy couch. Oh my <laughs> I know. You're lucky I didn't cry. I'm a massive softie. So. <laughs> yeah, you said you would. You promised me I a know. cry. You didn't deliver. I I'm know. Good. I'm next time. Next time. <laughs> Just, I'll come in when I'm in the...